I'll be Here at all of them. Here we go. Three, two, one. John, are we live? We're live, sir. That was a fast three, two, one countdown. Yeah, I know. I hit a button too fast. You're usually <laughs> either really slow with it or really fast. Well, I, I like to build suspense, but uh, today... I missed being here last week so much that I just hit the button a little too quick. You so, got excited. Three, two, one, Tri- trigger happy today, huh? I did. I did. Fast on the draw, so to speak. Um, <laughs> happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, sir. How was uh, your holidays and New Year's? Because I didn't miss you last week. We didn't get to hang out. Yeah. Uh, everything was really, really fun. Uh, 100 miles an hour, parties and dinners and so on and so forth. Uh, did We were down at my sister's, uh, middle of the state for Christmas. We were in Naperville the day after, uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. We have, Maggie and I have a tradition that's always a lot of fun. Um, just, you know. I saw steak and lobsters, fun. right? Yeah, we do uh, New Year's Day. Uh, we always do lamb chops, uh, lobster tails, some vouve, and just kind of stay in our pajamas, watch the Rose Bowl parade. Because we took, my mom, actually, we took her to the Rose Bowl parade two years ago. For her 80th birthday, it was a bucket list thing that she wanted to do. So now every every New Year's morning, we always make sure to watch the parade. It's a lot of fun, and just uh, you know, kind of relax. Um, Maggie says hello from Cancun. Yeah, poor girl. She well, not poor girl, but poor girl. Uh, she's doing. She's working today, and she's doing what's called a turn. So she checked in this morning. She flies to Cancun, drops all those people off. Doesn't even get a chance to get off the plane. And then reloads the plane and comes right back. She'll be home seven thirty, eight o'clock tonight. But uh, uh, yeah, she sees palm trees, but can't go. I'm out seeing some of the broadcasting issues going out, so maybe I'll just tell everybody because we're going to probably end up um, re-airing this in one long stream since we have it recorded. Mm. The internet here changed, um, unbeknownst to us, during the holidays. So yes. it's possible that you guys are getting a somewhat interrupted feed. If you do have an interrupted feed, um, we're going to be reposting this entire thing in its, um, in its entirety with Jordan um, after the show. So yeah. bear with us in the feed. It will be fixed next week. But we will repost the entire thing um, as soon as uh, the show's over and John can take yeah. the whole thing and. It. Work my work my magic. Um, <laughs> how about you? Sh- how were the how the how were the holidays? Good, uh, pretty relaxing. I spent it with family for the most part. Um, yeah, drank a little bit, partied a little bit in between New Year's and uh, Christmas, but uh, for the most part, just hung out with uh, mom and dad. Didn't really uh, travel anywhere. I'm getting antsy to book a trip someplace, but uh, yeah, it's it's, it's been. I'm, like I'm overdue. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been two two months. <laughs> From from Tahiti till now, so I got to go someplace warm. I'm with you, man. Let me know where we're gonna go. Um, since the feed is interrupting, should we just jump in with Jordan? Uh, you got any shout outs? Uh, well, all the people that had work over the holidays, uh, fire, police, everybody that you know we take for granted, but the holidays ramp up aggression, and I mean it ramps up a lot of good stuff, but a lot of aggression, and so big shout out to all of them. Um, and you know, just family and friends. I hope everybody had a great holiday season and now it's back to work and kicking ass in 2019. Awesome. Well, I'll piggyback your shout out. Um, he always one ups my shout outs like every <laughs> single time. Like it's always like police, fire, hey, you know, first responders. I'm like, well, us. shit, I can't like out shout out his <laughs> like, like, Hey, like, uh, he sets the bar high. He does every single time. But 
Um, an announcement. We do have our website coming up soon. It's being uh, built. So um, for all of you guys who like watching our show, we're going to have a website that has um, all of our past episodes. It's going to have smaller clips of our past episodes. It's going to have the audio of our past episodes too. Right now, you can download us on iTunes. You can download us on Spotify. You can download us on – what's the other one? Google. Google Play. Yeah, Google Play. But what, Stitcher. Stitcher. I always forget Stitcher. Still I don't know what the hell Stitcher is. But uh, yeah, and John's working on iHeartRadio. So if you want to go through the audio – side of um our shows you can yep. if you're going for a run like jordan does sometimes or every single day because he does 5ks every day Boom. check out his instagram you'll see um <laughs> ladies the uh the audio version is great i know some of our uh, friends can't actually watch live and right. sometimes when our feed gets interrupted very rarely you can just download the audio and listen to what we have to teach you guys right right all, all good stuff all good stuff in the works so uh wheelhouse and is going big time the, uh, the affiliate program we're putting together. So to everybody who watches the show, you, you know that we've had a lot of great entrepreneurs, product services, and a lot of them have asked us great, uh, you know, how do, we, how do we advertise with you other than just doing commercials? So we put together an affiliate program. So we're going to get you some great products, great services, and save you some money. I'm just letting everybody know because people are starting to text me because people actually do watch Wheelhouse. Awesome. Internet issues here, but we will have the whole show uploaded soon. Hmm. There we go. Now, we do have a lot of fans watching because people are texting me like crazy. Well, well, keep them waiting. Keep them waiting. <laughs> the only thing that the they won't be able to do is maybe tease the crap out of you in real time. Yeah, that's true. We'll do that. Um, that could be a good thing. Though. It might be a good thing. Um, all right. I'm going to get into Jordan yeah, because he is a guy who I could probably talk to. I say this all the time, but I am certain I can talk to Jordan for hours upon hours because he's a good friend of mine. We also think a lot alike when it comes to fitness, goal setting, the way we run our businesses. So uh, thank you, Jordan from Powell Residential. He's the current YPN vice chair. Um, he's an all-around great guy. He does a lot of stuff with Alzheimer charities. Uh, he is Mr. August oh, in God. the men of... Uh, you thought I was not going to bring that up. Mr. <laughs> August that <laughs> in the men of Chicago real estate calendar. You can buy your calendars now and just flip to August and leave it at August <laughs> the whole year to just stare at Jordan topless. Um, thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. Love what you guys are doing here at Wheelhouse. So it's an honor to be on the show. Thank you. It's been a long time coming. We've wanted to have you on for a while. Yep. Um, I'm excited to have you on. You're literally the first guy of the year, and it worked out pretty good because Jor and I were talking yesterday about um, you know, a couple things we wanted to get across, and you brought up goal setting, which is you know near and dear to me, and we'll yep. touch on that in a little bit. Um, how were your holidays in New Year? They were good, man. Uh, just relaxing. You know, was a pretty uh, went pretty hard last year, just staying focused. So to be able to go home, hang out with friends, family, short, you know, three or four days. Uh, but it was good, man. I'm, I'm ready to go, ready to recharged and rejuvenated, and just kind of ready to take 2019 by storm. So yeah, well, you've been taking like I've known Jordan now was it three years ago. You boxed in the Rumble. Yeah, I think it was three years ago, 2015, yeah. I believe it's it was. Crazy yeah. how fast time flies. But watching you go from being on, a, I think at that point, a real estate team, right? Yeah, so I was working with one other guy at Jameson Sotheby's at the time. Yeah, Correct. to like essentially now you're with Keller, you have Powell Residential, and you're kicking butt. Um, your growth has been crazy. I remember grabbing lunch with you. I think it was like right after you boxed, and you had all these plans. And I meet with realtors all the time, and 
tons of realtors have plans. Every realtor has a plan. Yeah. And then the plan typically falls apart very, very quickly. You've taken it and you've just kind of kicked ass big time on an exponential level. So it's awesome. No, I appreciate that. And just so everyone knows, you know, obviously there's so much more to get done. So the way I look at it is, you know, we're just getting started. Uh, but thank you for acknowledging that. It's been a lot of hard work and like I said, you know, the work doesn't stop, so we just got to keep pushing forward. What do you think about, I'll talk about the real estate market quickly. Um, what do you think about the real estate market going into 2019? I had, over Christmas and New Year's, I always get people who are like, you know, you get together like, oh, what's happening with the real estate market? The rates went up. Is mm -hmm. real estate going to mm -hmm. tank? And I'm like, relax, it's not going to tank. Yeah, no, it's, and it's a conversation I've been having literally, I feel like three or four times a day, yep. especially, you know, through the fall and now into the year. Um, in my personal opinion, and I know it's backed by statistical evidence and things like that, you know, we are entering a shift, uh, but a shift shouldn't be a scary thing. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people think when they hear shift, they start freaking out. Um, however, I think we're coming back to more of a normal market. Uh, so in the last, whatever, five years, essentially, since I've been in this industry, uh, we have been in an extreme seller's market for the most uh, for most price points throughout the city of what most brokers are focusing on. Luxury stuff's a little bit of a different situation, uh, but now we're starting to see more sellers come off the fence. Interest rates are starting to tick up a little bit. Uh, so I think we're going to kind of come back a little bit towards the equilibrium, but I'm calling it an opportunity market. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity out there, both for uh, buyers, sellers, and investors. I love that. And, and I think what the problem people run into is uh, people's memories are very short term. So people think to themselves, oh my God, real estate crashed from 08 to 12. It was only four years and it, it needed a shift upwards to, to balance out that crash. I tell everybody, a, the precursors that led into that crash, they're gone. They're not there. You know, before, if you had a pulse and a credit score, you could get a loan with no money down and they didn't even do a background check on your credit and your, uh, or a background check on your income. But those precursors aren't there, but a good market should shift. And I love that you said it's a shifting market. I haven't heard that term used yet, but it's a smart one. It should shift towards a more normal market. If it just went up unchecked, that can be a very, very dangerous thing. Yeah. And when you get to that point where, you know, home values aren't being supported anymore, uh, when you're getting multiple offers and everything that is uh, essentially inflating prices over to where they should be, uh, that's not good, right? So right. I think... Now that we're starting to come back, there's more inventory hitting the market. Interest rates are going up. I think naturally that's going to put some downward pressure on home prices. Uh, but like I said, not in a bad way, more right. in just a normal um, historical cycle type of type of sense. And it's like you said, it's a good thing. Uh, I mean, the going 10 percent over market value in a multiple offer situation. I never let my clients do it. Yeah. I would just do a CMA and say, guys, like, this is ridiculous. This is too much to pay. But I was seeing it happen all the time. It happened on some of my listings. My sellers were, you know, happier than pigs and shit. They were like, oh, great. This is awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm getting, you know, 40000 over my asking price. I never expected that. Yeah. I expected ten or fifteen below it. But I agree. If that goes away, it's going to really... Um, create a much better equilibrium, like you said. Yeah, I think overall 2019 is going to be a great year for real estate. I think it's going to start out hot and uh, may cool off a little bit as we enter the summer market, which it normally does. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I think uh, it's going to be a good year for everyone. I love it. And interest rates too. I'll, I'll touch on this, and I think you might probably have the same opinion I do, mm -hmm. but I'm curious to hear it. Um, again, short-term memories. You know, People in 2013, 14 who bought who got 3% interest rates were like, this sucks. But if you go further back from that, when people were in the teens or in the high seven, eight, nine percent rate, it's relatively low. And I always tell people, what's the alternative? You're going to rent? Rental rates are high. 
So you're going to be tossing money out as a renter um, when you could be buying building equity, paying down your principal, getting tax write-offs, whereas a renter, rental rates are so high now, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think you just hit the nail on the head there. It's I think it's very situational. Um, I don't think you can just blanket can't you know cover everything and say it's good to buy or it's good to sell i think it depends on your situation you know are you staying in chicago do you have ad- adequate reserves at the bank you know what is your situation both financially and then what is it in terms of your familial or uh different life uh, kind of checkpoints and if that makes sense for you to purchase today like you said at least you're paying down your own mortgage and not somebody else's right so. um all right. Jordan's the man to talk to if you guys are thinking about buying a place. <laughs> and I, we haven't talked about the real estate market, but it's crazy how much we kind of see eye to eye on that. Um, so I'm excited to see uh, you kick butt again this year, uh, watching how much your sales have grown, watching you know, how much your knowledge in real estate has grown to a point that you know, you're essentially an authority on this stuff now. You're an expert on it. Um, has been awesome. So I'm excited to watch 2019. Yeah, man, me too. Guessing your plans are probably pretty big for 2019. Always got big ones, you know. So this year, though, it's a little bit different. I'm going in with uh, the overall mentality of making things more simple, Um, taking the big goals and chunking them down, which obviously we'll get into later on as well. Uh, But feeling real good, man, big goals and just so much to accomplish. And I'm just ready to do it together. I I think everyone kind of has the same mentality this year. I feel there's a little bit of this hype you know, that everyone yeah. is going to feel pretty good going into 2019. Well, so. we got, we said we might not have um, everybody uh, able to watch and comment, but our good friend and uh, good mentor, Tommy Choi, oh boy. is watching. He said, uh, you forgot to include that you're in Instagram model mode. I'm not an Instagram model. <laughs> this guy's the model. He's in a calendar. No, yeah. he's in you're a the calendar. One, you're self-posting your stuff, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's yeah. be clear on the difference here. Yeah, that's true. You're a real model. I'm just an Instagram model. <laughs> he's like the actual published I'm in print, model, man. Come on. and I'm just an Instagram model. That hashtag shamelessly. Funny enough, my Instagram posts when I did that you versus the guy, you uh, she, uh, the guy she picked or whatever that meme with me and Jason Momoa. Oh yeah, that got me seven to eight hundred followers. And my one post had like 800 likes. So I kept baiting Jason Momoa to repost it because <laughs> he was reposting fan stuff all week. And I was a little bit hungover and had a little free time. So I was just sitting at home and I, I went with the wine picture and kept going with it. I was wondering what you're doing with that. But then I saw one of them. I was like 800,000 likes. I was like, was what like it? 800 likes. And I got like, yeah. I'm like at 3,300 followers now. So he didn't yeah. repost me because I would have had a lot more followers. But they kind of went viral, mini viral. Mm. Yeah. Mini viral. Unconventional strategies. I know. I'll do whatever I can. I'm not, nobody asked me to be in a calendar, so I have to do what I got to do to get my followers. Yeah. And I will shout that out really quickly to Tony Matar. He's kind of the brains behind the men of Chicago real estate. Uh, So it benefits uh, Chicago House. Um, I don't have all the details on what exactly this money goes towards, but it's all, you know, charity philanthropy event, uh, basically assembled um, some of the real estate agents throughout the city of Chicago, um, put it into a fun format in a calendar um, just to raise money and awareness for uh, Chicago House. So it's a really cool cause. And Tony is crushing it. All all joking aside, um, it's a great charitable idea. And I've watched Tony and he Tony's running around doing press. He's on. uh, you know, WGN, he's on ABC and he's done such a great job of taking this idea, which was fun. I mean, it's a fun idea. It took a bunch of handsome dudes in Chicago, turn it into a calendar, but then selling it for charity. It's yeah. A cool. He's idea. really blowing it up, which is cool to see. So, yeah. And, and it's, it went, that went viral. That really, that went a lot more viral than my, uh, 
My bathtub. I'm getting texts today still about it. So, really? Yeah. Wait till August. It's more pictures, just no words. Just here's the picture, and they just want me to respond <laughs> to it. Well, it's better that you get those photos because my buddies just bust my balls about like my growing up photos of me in glasses and like yeah. rec specs, like horse grant goggles. Um, so the one thing I'll say is I probably should have taken a little time this summer and actually went and got a tan. Cause I look like a ghost in that picture. But, yeah, uh, you looked all right. But a little still chiseled, so it's, it's all good. We'll have to get Tony in here um, and yeah, have him yeah. in here, too, and just yeah, have him sure. talk about that. Maybe we'll shoot the whole thing with him shirtless. And Perfect. See see how many views we can get. <laughs> I'm sure he'd love Not that. Not that kind of show. Not that kind of show. Hey, listen, as I showed by my Instagram, I'll do whatever yeah. the hell I have to do for followers, John. Oh, okay. Do me a favor from this point forward, though. When I'm going to flip through Instagram and see you shirtless in a bathtub give me a little forewarning i was you know i was drinking oh, coffee nearly spit out across the across the room for god's sakes it's uh it it's meant worse. to be shocking on surprise buddy <laughs> it was some shocking was a lot of oh <laughs> <laughs> the one that i everybody was texting me they had the most fun with was me and the dog so i had my sister's little dog yeah her little dachshund and then he has these dire wolves I was going to do one with my dog, but my dog's pretty freaking cool. And he kind of looks like a dire Maverick, wolf. Right? Yeah, Maverick. So yeah. I did just yeah. the little dog. The little one. Woof, woof. Yeah. I was thinking <laughs> it probably took some time and preparation to get all these shots staged and set up. Well, there, those were all old pictures except for the wine. The wine, I just saw the Momoa wine one okay. and I went after it. The one with me being short, that was like a picture I had from way well, that's, back when. That's always going to be the case. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to grow at this point. Um, <laughs> on the charity side... Um, Another thing you do really well is, and, and you've started to do really well, you were in the Y panel, we'll touch on that in a second, and that, that has a whole charity arm to it, but you just did something for Alzheimer's, which was huge. Yeah. I saw the party. I uh, wasn't there, but I saw the photos of it. That was a serious event you threw. Yeah, no, super cool, and thanks for bringing it up. It's you know something I'm super passionate about. Um, so the Alzheimer's Association, the disease in general, it's something that's impacted my family uh, on a personal level. So... Uh, figured I'd do something in my business that can kind of um, play towards the philanthropic endeavors. Um, and I thought, you know, what, be what better than something that hits home, right? So basically what I'm doing with that is I threw a party that you're referencing in October. Some of my closest uh, supporters in my network, friends, family, uh, colleagues, basically just to get the word out. Um, about this disease. And what I've really found, which is super cool through this process of aligning myself with the association and our partnership, and then planning this event and reaching out to people to help throw the event, like sponsors and other things like that, is every single person I talk to has somebody that has been impacted by the yeah. disease. Um, so it's a, it's a very scary disease and there's no cure. So out of the top six major diseases in the United States, like breast cancer, heart, can or heart disease, Alzheimer's disease is the only one that is decreasing every year in terms of cures. Um, so all the numbers of an affected or impacted individuals are all going down, but Alzheimer's is actually going up. Wow. And there's a different um, multitude of reasons for that. Uh, but essentially what I'm doing is going forward in 2019, uh, I basically decided that for every closed sales transaction that I do, I'm going to donate $500 of my personal commission to the Alzheimer's Association with a goal of raising $30,000 by uh, October 11th of 2019. Good for you. Yeah. Um, that, that's awesome. You, you don't see a lot of people doing that. Um, obviously born from a passion within family, yeah. but um, let us know the next time you have an event. Um, John and I want to push events as much as we can on Wheelhouse. It's a part of what we want to do going into 2019. So let us know how we can be a part of that. I appreciate that. that yeah. That's awesome that you're doing that. 
Thank you, man. Yeah, as big as we can blow it up, you know, the, the more good that we can do. So the more people that want to get behind us, I'm all for it. You should look into, so we, we talked off air, uh, both Jordan and I are doing a triathlon coming up uh, at some point this summer. I'm doing uh, the Alcatraz triathlon, but I actually had to join a charity to be able to do it. We already joined um, the autism one, nice. um, but there might be an Alzheimer's one. You should look into qualifying. Come out to uh, San Francisco with Lawrence and I. Yeah, after you'll you tell swim me about slowly the sharks. with the sharks. <laughs> hey, as long as I can outswim you, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I will pull you under. Trust me, yeah, if it's me, nah. you, and a shark. My swimming skills aren't aren't very uh, good at this point, so neither are mine. We'll have to figure this out as we when work I, through it. When I did the Chicago triathlon, I had to sign up as a triple challenge member because I signed up late, and my buddy Sean was there, and there's thousands of people swimming in different heats, and he somehow had all these photos of me swimming the whole mile i'm like how did you know it was me he goes you were the slowest swimmer with the shortest arms he goes so i was just watching for the slowest guy and then i walked up near the water i'm like oh that's no and then i started taking a bunch of photos you make so, it too easy man you make it I too know. easy but that one will be cool um yeah. it's uh not a it's longer in distance than an olympic but it's not quite a half iron man so It'll uh, it'll be a good challenge if you are uh, training for an Olympic. Yeah, we'll see. I may you may just have to join you out there at Alcatraz. Yeah, yeah. it's a, literally a swim from Alcatraz to shore. I know that's crazy. What'd you say? A mile and a half. Mile and a half. So but mile, the water's cold. Mile and a half swim with ocean. sharks and waves. Yep. And then what's the bike? Bike is eighteen, so it's not that long. Okay, and then, and then uh, the runs eight miles. So eight it's, miles. It's longer. Than yeah, the so it's a little 10K. unconventional from a Olympic triathlon, but yeah. that's a cool one though. It's um, hilly. It's hilly, I heard, and then the swim is the brutal part. Um, three years ago, they had a great white shark the day before when everybody's doing their registration pre-check, literally maul a seal in the harbor, and a third of the triathletes just dropped out. It's like, fuck it. I can't blame them. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was shit. But we're going to look like seals, and we'll be the slowest guys in the back, so the probability that I get eaten by a shark is going to be high. John's going to have to find a new host. Yeah. <laughs> the world will continue to go around. Yeah, somehow Wheelhouse will continue without me. So I'm going to start holding auditions in yeah. April. Yeah. For June. Just to prepare. Well, you know, it's going to take me a while to fill your shoes. Um, and you're doing this, um, you're doing, uh, what is it, a 5K a day for how long? Yeah, so uh, I was inspired to do a little challenge uh, by a guy out in California. Random guy, never met him. Uh, he's also a Keller Williams agent. Um, but yeah, so I'm doing a 5k a day. I'm running a 5k a day for a hundred days straight. That's crazy. Uh, today was day 23. So I'm at like, it's like 71.8 miles. I think it was. Uh, so I'll be at 310 miles after a hundred days. So I did it for 45 days leading into Tahiti. I was doing a 5k every single day in yeah. my basement, but my knees and my lower back and I have lower back problems were destroyed. So I would highly suggest start seeing a massage therapist and yeah. a chiropractor in between it. Cause you'll end up, I'm older than you. And I'm fatter than you, so my knees and my back take a little more of a beating. But I was destroyed after it. Yeah. I mean, so about 15 days into it, uh, I, I knew that this was going to happen. But it's for me, it's not even the running. It's not to get in shape. It's For me, it's a mental thing. It's, it's to show myself I can do something for 100 days straight. And what I found is through this process, 15 days in, what I was going to say was my feet started killing. Yeah. Right now, they're aching that I'm, when I'm sitting here. But, you know, when you got... When you're focused on a mission and you want to complete it, you figure out ways to make it happen. Um, but what I've realized through this process is like it's so much more than just running a 5K a day for 100 days. I'm only almost a quarter of the way through it. But this time every day has been like more of a mental check-in than it is a physical check-in. 
Uh, and what I, what I mean by that is I feel like, and I told someone this the other day is when I'm running, it takes about 25 to 30 minutes to do 3.1 miles, depending who you are and how fast your pace is. But it's almost like you shed off everything that's on your mind the first 10 minutes. Right. And then once you hit that halfway point, you start uh, kind of putting different thoughts in your mind and manifesting different things and kind of, it's almost a, a form of meditation. Yeah. So that when I walk off that run, I almost feel like now I'm prepared. I put my body arm, my body armor on for the day. So it's kind of like priming me for the day. And that's why now 23 days in, I'm actually looking forward to this run every day, even though today I barely made it through 3.1 without dying on the treadmill. So do you do it in the mornings? Uh, I've been trying to the more, uh, as much, as much as I can. Um, but I started the challenge like over Christmas too. So like Christmas day, I was out there trekking along 3.1. So really, um, at the end of the day, it's just get it in every single day, no matter what time of day it is. So you're, uh, you're pretty big on goal setting and you have a pretty, and I, I, I'm making a presumption here. I think you have a pretty structured life because most people who are successful business people, yeah, life gets crazy and your day goes in a million different directions. So the structure might not seem that outwardly um organized but i'm sure you have like a structure of stuff walk me through like a jordan pile more like more are you a morning guy do you do stuff in the morning i am which i never used to be i've always been naturally a night owl uh but in the last i would say the last three years really um the first two years in this business were just trial and error like i was 22 23 years old uh didn't really know what i was doing in terms of business goal setting any of that uh then i read miracle morning and people, you know, basically preach this stuff. But I know it, the Keller Williams boys do. They do. And it's so true, though. Like, I used to be the guy where I love my time at night, you know, where I can just sit around and kind of sulk in the day and finish some things, have my laptop on my computer. And now I'm making an effort to shut it down at 11 p.m. so I can get to bed um, so I can do my morning routine. So, yeah, I mean, a typical day for me is uh, waking up at 444 in the morning. Uh, sometimes that stretches to about five. Um, but. 444, four is my lucky number. So I was like, let's just make that mean something. Um, And that gives me enough time to basically get to the gym. Um, For example, today, some days I'll run, some days I'll lift, some days I'll do both. Uh, So today I actually hit legs and then ran for, did my 3.1 after. Um, After the gym, I'll go and immediately meditate um, I use the app Calm. Yeah. And I'm also, I used to use Headspace. Headspace. I've used Headspace. I've been switching it up lately, though. Calm's a little bit different. So I would say check both of those out. Um, but then I meditate. And meditation has been something that I think has changed a lot for me, uh, not only in sense of clarity, but in terms of gratitude and just being appreciative and thankful for everything that I have. Um, and then from that meditation, I typically go into reviewing my goals, usually reading a small excerpt of something, um, basically running through the, the yeah. what is, I forget the actual acronym for the, I've never it, read it's the, the savers acronym, yeah, yeah. acronym. Uh, so it's silence, it's affirmations, um, it's visualization, it's exercise. And then there's uh, two more, I forget what they are. So basically from there, I get ready for the day, head to the office and I try to be there by 8.30, 9am. Good for you. Yeah. I want to read the miracle morning. Maybe it's, I'm going to bump that to the top of my list here because I am a night owl. I do almost everything at night and I feel it's, it's because by the time I wake up, everyone's bugging me, but I wake up late enough where everybody else is awake. So I feel like if I switched it to way early, 
I probably wouldn't be bothered, just like I don't get bothered too much between the hours of 11 p.m. and 2 a.m., yeah. but I could do that between 4 and 7 because I am getting to the point that I'm getting older and you know, I have my gym bag packed and I start going home and I'm like, ah, F it. Like, yep. I just, I'm, I've had a long day. I don't want to do it. My back hurts. I, I, I make a million excuses where I never used to do that and it was probably because I was just younger and could could get away with it. Yeah, and I used to have that same mentality as like, you know, I got all the time in the world, you know, just not having family and kids and all of these other things. But really what I realized is doing this stuff in the morning, like you said, the un uninterrupted hours, no one's sending emails, no one's blowing your phone up between the hours of 5 and 8 a.m., right? Better not unless there's some sort of asshole. Yeah, I mean, some of them are. Yeah. But and sometimes you got to put those fires out. But I think another thing is, you know, communicating that with your clients and with people in your life that these are my sacred hours. And I know that if I wake up at the right time and stay disciplined and focus on that morning routine, my day is going to be a home run. And and then by the time 9 o'clock rolls around or 8.30, when everyone starts yapping, you know, yeah. then you already, you already accomplished the two or three hardest things of your day. Do you, were you a big snoozer? Because that's my biggest problem, I feel like, is I, I will snooze for an hour until I finally wake up. Yeah. Huge snoozer. Um, lately, I've been working. That's been a huge point of focus for me is putting my phone across the room so that I actually have to get out of my bed, stand up, freeze my ass off, yeah. and basically force myself at that point, you have to make a decision. What are you do you fucking walk back to your bed or do you get up and get in the shower and make shit happen? Yeah. And uh, that's, a, that's a choice you have to make every day. But that is, I've experienced with both working out and doing this stuff in the morning and at night, and I find that I tend to make way more excuses if I don't get it done in the morning. Yeah, I agree. And it's more sustainable so that when you do have family, kids, other things, other obligations, big, bigger businesses down the line, uh, you're making sure that you're taking care of yourself before you can go take care of other people. I like it. Uh, I think I could learn something from that. And I think it's something that I have to start to, it's got to be a goal I got to set. So my take always on goal setting is you have to break things down. And I know you're passionate about this. And I, I, I use the term in my office, winning the week. And I say, hey, listen, I always use the same example. If I told you I had to lose 50 pounds, I'm getting fat enough that that might be a reality for me right now. But if I said I had to lose 50 pounds, you'd look at me and say, holy shit, that's a lot of weight. But if I told you I got to lose one pound this week, yeah. you and John would look at me and say, don't eat Chipotle this week, dumbass. Run a couple miles and you'll lose a pound. A pound a week for 52 weeks is 52 pounds. So yeah. I always say if you lose a pound, if you break your goals down into winning the week and you win enough weeks, you're going to eventually win the year. So... That's how I always break down my goals. I'm interested to know how you, and I do that for everything from my law firm to what John are doing here to uh, my real estate sales to my office's sales and how much coaching and training I'm doing. I'd be interested to get your take on kind of how you deal with your goals. Yeah, you know, I echo a lot of what you just said. Uh, and I think it's absolutely critical because um, people like us, you know, we have these big goals and we want to set these big goals. Uh, but then you get into the day-to-day -day of it and they sometimes start to feel daunting or you have a bad week or a bad day or a bad month and now you feel like you're way out of range. Uh, so this has been a huge learning experience for me in, specifically in the last 12 months. Um, and it kind of comes back to the 100-day challenge as well. And I'll tell you how I'm incorporating this in. But I agree. You start with an annual goal and I credit Keller Williams um, and all their uh, goal setting resources and different things. The one thing. Yeah. You Great book. Read that book. That's an amazing book. Um, that's that's a little bit more like the day to day, like in the now. How do you prioritize your time to stay focused and not distracted? Uh, but we also use other other resources basically to take an annual goal 
for whatever it is, uh, personal, financial, health, spiritual, whatever it is, contribution goals, and break it down into quarters, and then you break it down to months, to weeks, and then to your day. So I do agree with you in the fact that it's all about winning the week, but more importantly, this year, I'm very focused on winning the day. So what are the, the, the for me, it's three or four things every single day that if I do those, um, and they're not all business related, but if I do these three or four things, the day is a win, even if everything else goes terribly. Right. Um, so to kind of sum that up and um, tell you how that equates to like making a big goal manageable is, you know, my goal for 2019 is to sell 48 transactions. So 48 sales transactions. Seems like a big goal for me. Some people that may be a small goal. Uh, but when it's you, a huge goal. Yeah. But when you break it down, it's essentially a deal a week. Right. Um, and then really where I've come with that is like, okay, in order to do 48 transactions, how many people do I need to talk to today? Right. And that number is right around that 20 people a day mark. So as long as I check that box and I talk to those 20 people today, that's going to compound into tomorrow. And then those seven days will compound to that week. And that is winning the week. And then you pile four of those together. Now you've won the month. And you can see how that can kind of scale right. throughout the quarters and the year. Oh, no, I love that. I, I actually, before I go to sleep, I respond to all the emails from the beginning of the day that I need to respond to because you might miss them. Yeah. And then I put five things on my phone I have to get done the next day. Same thing. They might not be the five most important things in my day, but they're five things that I know are going to set me up for success. And then my day is not complete unless I erase all those five and then put five new things. So I love that. I think we probably see very much eye to eye on that. Yeah. And I think I used to be the guy that would build out these huge to-do lists, right? And yeah. it's, there's 30 things on the list and it just seems very overwhelming. By the end of the day, there's actually more on the list than you had going into the day. Yep. That's, you're never going to get ahead that way. And you always feel like you're racing and you're chasing it. Right. So I do the same, but I'm actually doing this now and I'm, I have an accountability partner, a superior in my company that I respect highly, uh, that I have to send him what we call our 411, which is essentially an accountability form. I have to send him that Monday morning by 9 a.m. every week. Uh, and what that is, is it's basically taking my task list of 30 or 40 items, which I call my collection bucket. Uh, basically, any idea I think throughout the course of the day, I throw it on the sheet. And then every night and every week, I look at the sheet and, and prioritize what are the top five or six things this week that need to get done above all else. I love it. And then I, I go a step further is now I, I put those and I schedule those in my calendar. And then as long as those are scheduled, like I said, do the work when it's scheduled in your calendar. And then right. if you have blank space or white space in there, as long as you get those six things done, you can go do whatever you want with your time. No, I love that. And you're, you're, you're taking my favorite quote, a goal without a plan is just a wish and you're breaking it down into just the smallest micro elements of it. And that's awesome. And that I'm glad you have an accountability partner. That's something yeah. this year that I am tasking myself with because I'm an accountability partner for so many people and I keep myself accountable, but I don't have somebody else just constantly being like, Hey, you're not doing this. Hey, you're not yeah. doing this. Yeah. Um, John, actually, I got to give John some credit because John ha has kind of, um, done that to me in the last like month or so you know he's been you know he, he's been a driving force behind me getting um an assistant because he's like hey listen like i know how busy you are but there's things that you want to do that you're not able to do because you're just you simply too busy it's not that you're effing off and not working um but there's tasks that you're missing and, and i think 
being able to have somebody to hold you accountable for things is super, super important because all too often business owners get to a point in their lives where they're, they're getting successful and they're like, well, this is working for me. But somebody else from the outside could look at it and say, hey, dude, you got to change something or you got to do something better. And it takes you to that next level. Yeah, I think surrounding yourself with accountability is, is absolutely critical. Um, so I've basically, I describe it as like I've built a bunker around my goals and my dreams and aspirations. So I have different ways of doing that. People is one way, like having people that are accountability partners. I have three or four of them for different things that I'm doing in my life, whether that's my actual production, whether that's my uh, you know, young professional related um, involvements or that's my charity, whatever the case may be is I have someone that holds me accountable to those uh, specific things. Uh, but also there's accountability, uh, for example, my running. Yeah. I'm not posting on Instagram every day to show everyone that I'm running every single day. It's I did. <laughs> when I posted. Well, that's a, that's a side kidding. effect of yeah, it, right? Of but really it's, it's myself having to go in, write it in there, because now when I complete it, you get the sense of gratification of, course. of like, okay, I proved to myself I did another day. Yep. And you don't want to break the streak once you get started. I agree. I, I think habit forming, and, and I think I, I like what you said about a hundred days of doing something. Once you can keep yourself accountable to build a habit, I think life completely changes. And I think yeah. one of my biggest issues, you know, we have this John's gonna do the fitness challenge with me. I have one coming up on the 15th, it's eight weeks. And I won a half of the fitness challenge last year. And then I, I look back on my year this, you know, at the end of this year, like I do every year, I said, you know, where was I successful? Where did I fail? I said, man, I did so well. And then I started making excuses for myself. Oh, I had a relationship fall apart. And I started going out. I was eating. I was drinking. I was doing things that like were really messing up my fitness. But then I let that go. I could have just ran with it maybe at a lower level, but built a habit of, uh, you know, fitness in my lifestyle. And I let that go. And one of the things I want to be very purposeful about this year is building things that become habit forming, not so much the, you know, you're on the gas and then you just jump right off the gas again. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more with you. Um, and, and that, that is the hundred day challenge. Essentially it's, it's, what, what I've learned, some people say it's 21 days. Um, no, what, that's too short. What I've learned is 66 days is what creates a habit. Um, hundred days is just the icing on the cake. You know, so you're solidifying that habit. So one thing I'm doing different this year, and it all started with this running challenge was I talked about the 48 transactions. My year can, this year consists of four separate years essentially. And those are the quarters. Okay. So I'm doing everything. hundred days is essentially a quarter, right? Yep. 90 to hundred days. So I have basically established in different sectors of my life. So in my business, like I said, in my finances, in my personal, in my health and fitness, what is the one thing I can do for a hundred days in order to ingrain that habit in my subconscious? I like that. So that you're working, you're not thinking about having to do it anymore. And I actually, I'm glad you, we're talking about this because I want to give a shout out to the book Atomic Habits. Um, it's by uh, James Clear. Okay. It's a brand new book. I encourage everyone to read it like ASAP. Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. Okay. Um, and it's all about goal setting and building habits, essentially. Uh, but what I like about what he talks about is it's, it's about habit stacking. So you think about the course of your day, right? There's already things that are in your life that you already have habits of doing. So maybe you, when you put your shoes on, you always put your left shoe on before your right. I do. You had to think about that because it's subconscious, right? Right. So by leveraging the subconscious things that you already have in your life and then building a new habit off of that particular task or that item, 
is the way that you can now always remember to do that new habit. So let me put that in perspective. You finish brushing your teeth. You put your toothbrush down on the, on the counter. The, that triggers my new habit of wanting to floss every single day. So now as soon as I put my toothbrush down, I pick up the floss pick and I floss the teeth. And then as soon as you master those habits, you can eventually build other ones on top of that. So then maybe after that, I go chug two glasses of water, you know? So you're using these different triggers that you already have in your life to basically enhance them and take them to the next level by slowly adding new things in. I love that. So the first 100 days of this year, um, basically what I've boiled it down to, to make the day a win, to win the day, there's three things I need to do. I need to run my 5K. That takes care of my health and fitness goal. Um, and my bigger goals there, because that all compounds. Um, I have to make 20 contacts to people in my database a day. That will make sure everything else in my business will come to fruition. Uh, and then I have to meditate every day. I get to meditate every day. And I know that by doing that, my spiritual life and my clarity around what I want and kind of the way I carry myself, as long as I do those three things, the day is a win and I've maximized that day, essentially. I love and it. not overcomplicated it. I, uh, shoot, I learned a lot from you. I'm going to read that Atomic Habit book. Yeah, you should. Um, because one of the things that I did okay last year, but not as good as I would have liked, was to get enough reading done. You know, I, I listen to Audible quite a bit, and John and I love asking for book recommendations um, from from people that come on the show. And you mentioned the one thing which I've read another another fantastic I'm a book. Goal freak, book. So anything you need, I got the book. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, you know, my buddy Lawrence, um, he constantly is sh sending me books to yeah. read and stuff. He's like three, four books a week. He's he's a machine, yeah. um, and he actually reads them. I listen to him on Audible now. But uh, Atomic Habit, I'm going to bump that. And I'm going to bump the Miracle Morning kind of towards the front of my, my to-do list, too, because I think that change for me and I think for a lot of people will make a big, big difference in their lives. Yeah. I'm just getting old and tired. I just don't like being up till 2, 3 in the morning. I'm just it's, it's just a different way. Atomic Habits in particular is just a different way to look at things that you already know and it's kind of dumbed-down version. Um, and I've been telling people, like, bump that to your top of your list. I'm actually I, – I listen to books, too. I don't yeah. really read that much because I've found that – I've basically turned my car into like learning tool. My lear yeah, my learning zone, right? So anytime I'm in my car, anytime I'm on my run in the morning, um, I'm listening to something, whether it's a podcast or a book. I was going to ask you if you listen to podcasts. Oh, I eat podcasts <laughs> up. I mean, so I actually just did this the other day because I was just curious as we're kind of starting the new year. So I read 22 books in 2018. That's pretty good. And yeah. my goal for 2019 is to do 40. Um, and when I say read, that's listening and reading, a combination yeah. of that. Uh, but anytime I don't have a hot book like on the on the queue, I'm in a podcast. It's sure. all I do now. I yeah. I barely watch TV. I watched a couple movies over the holidays. I watched Bird Box, which sucked. I was I, was I don't know what all this that. hype's about. Yeah, it's really bad. I, whoever likes it, sorry, that movie sucked. Did you watch it, John? <laughs> I have not yet. It's a it's a slow, dumb movie that doesn't really lead anywhere. But I keep seeing all these posts about it, and I just like haven't even taken the time to go and like research why everyone is <laughs> talking about this movie. I mean, great memes from it. We got like some of the best, those blindfold, blindfold memes yeah. are the best. Um, but the movie was dumb. But for the most part at night, I love wa watching Joe Rogan's podcast. I, I learn a lot from watching him. I know John watches him a lot too. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, Ferris a little bit, but I've been watching uh, <coughs> Bread and Chobbs, uh, The Fighter and the Kid a little bit, but just a ton of stuff. And I, I think I probably, 90% of my TV time is podcast time now. 
I don't even watch TV anymore. Yeah. I um, sometimes I'll throw a, a video podcast on. To That's what I do. Emulate I that podcast. I saw. I think I saw you actually put it up on your TV, like your big TV. Yeah. Which I should probably do that too. But uh, yeah, another really good one, just because I know you talked about recommendations. Uh, Impact Theory. Okay. By Tom Bilyeu. Um, yeah, he's the he, he's the founder or co-founder of Quest Nutrition. Um, really, really inspiring dude. Just really has mastered the interviewing like style and process. So he's just able to ask questions that go super deep with his guest, and he's having really well-known people on there, like yeah. Mel Robbins, for example, yeah. the five-second rule. Um, so that's another really good one. And then uh, Ed Milet has uh, Max Out. Okay, that's his podcast. Those are kind of two I've been interchanging with right Let's now a lot. a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's not you know you watch some of these podcasts and they have some really influential guests. We do too. We have local influencers. We do. Um, we have Jordan Pyle. No, I mean yeah. listen, like One I'm learning a, a lot from Jordan. I, I can't wait to re-air this. We have so many people who like. I'll show this to you. Like people are tuning in. Usually, it's not that green constantly. Um, to the little bits and pieces that aren't streaming well, but we're gonna mm. we're gonna recut this and air the whole thing in its entirety, and we're gonna boost this thing because there's so much that I learned from you, and I coach and train, and I'm an accountability partner, and I like to read. But the way you manage your day and your goals is even it's even one step further than I go. I think I've built some things that I think are habits in my life, but I realized that throughout the last year. When I got super busy and I launched Wheelhouse and I launched a tech startup, yeah. I got to the point that I'm like, holy smokes, I, they're not really habits. I'm good at winning the week and I'm good at breaking my goals down, but I'm not good at habit forming things because the things that I thought were habits really weren't because they went to the wayside as I got too busy. So mm -hmm. um, I'm going to take some of your advice. Yeah, I think associating like a, a reward with trying to build a habit. I love rewards. So like by saying... Okay, when I finish my 100-day running challenge, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy myself a bike so that I can now train for the, the biking. I thought portion. you were gonna say a car. I was like, whatever I'm the all case, in. yeah, whatever the case may be, giving yourself little wins and rewarding yeah. yourself for those wins will make you uh, more likely to to do it the next day as well. Yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna start rewarding by some travel time. I want to go Perfect. see some places and go do some things. Where you want to go? I, to be honest with you. I, re I want to do Hawaii once because I've never been to Hawaii and everybody kind of rants and raves about Hawaii. Um, I want to race a racetrack in Europe at least one this year. I want it to be the Nürburgring, which is my uh, – it's been on my bucket list for a long time. But Nürburgring? The Nürburgring. Uh, if you're a car guy. Mouthful, it's, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's the most dangerous track in the world. It's also 14 miles. It's like the proving ground for all sports cars. Like how fast – they're the newest hyper car makes it around the Nurburgring is like the big thing. John, I think you need to start getting those interviews going, man. Yes. Yeah, once yeah. Again, once again, sharks, interviews cars, in April. Yeah, yeah. Shark, sharks and race cars. <laughs> yeah. I got a couple places I got to go race throughout the year. I'm racing with a team um, this year. So we got, I'm already slated to race four or five times this year, nice. but hoping to get some more racing done. But I want to do Hawaii. Um, and I just, I want to go someplace else that's tropical. Tahiti was beautiful, very expensive. I know I'm not going to go back for a little while, um, but I want to find another place that's real remote to go scuba diving. Because scuba okay. diving was so much fun that I really want to go dive again. Yeah, this isn't super remote, but I uh, last uh, New Year's, I was actually there this time last year um, in Cartagena, Colombia. Okay. Oh, that's right. I remember. Amazing place. Yeah. I had a, had a blast, went out there with four or five buddies. It's sub somewhat tropical. You can get to you know the crystal blue water, yeah. teal water. Uh, you have to go off the coast a little bit for it, but just really cool, like melting pot, especially around the new year. Uh, just people coming in from all different South Americas, and I, we're, there's people from Europe there, people from the, the states. 
Uh, so that would be another one if you haven't been there yet. If I do, if out. I get my jujitsu going, which I should, <laughs> otherwise my jujitsu teammates are gonna keep making fun of me for never coming back. <laughs> um, I want to do. A, I've always wanted to do a jujitsu tournament in Brazil. I get mopped yeah. quickly by a bunch of lumpy like here Brazilians. Of, like, isn't it? But uh, it'll be fun to just go down there and uh, just see Brazil. And then also be able to do a tournament like that down there would be cool. Yeah, yeah traveling is definitely, I've kind of pushed a lot of traveling off. It's something, though, as I'm getting older, uh, that is, that's why we work so hard is so yeah. that we can enjoy our time when we're not working and, and chasing our goals. So. For sure. Um, let's touch on the YPN because you know, yeah. we're almost at an hour, which happens oh, wow. fast with you. Um, Just tell me to shut up if I talk too much. No, no, no. I love <laughs> no. it. No, this has been so good because, to be honest, I think this is exactly the type of show people who are motivated at the beginning of the year need. And I always say motivation, it's never an endless supply for anybody. If you had Bill Gates uh, and you, you asked him an honest question, he said, hey, are you always motivated? He would tell you no. Yeah. I, I think motivation, I always equate it to like the um, power bar of a video game. Uh, when it's full, you're, you're operating at 100%, you're fast, you're sharp. As it starts to drop, you naturally slow down. But if you can fall back on systems and habits, like you were saying, yeah. when your motivation levels drop, then you're going to get through that point and back to a level where you have high motivation. And I think that's the people poo poo and crap on the fact that the gym is busy in the first couple of months. I don't. Hey, listen, people are motivated. They want to get after it. This is a good time for them to be motivated. Let them run with it. Mm -hmm. But what you're coaching to people is when that dies, because inevitably that's going to die fall back on these habits that you've taught yourself to uh, to become habits and yeah. systems. Yeah, it's the, like you said, systems, processes, activities, being activity-based. Uh, you know, motion cre creates emotion. Yeah. Uh, so, like you know, and, and I'm getting better at this. I'm, by no means have I mastered any of the stuff I'm talking about, uh, but I'm becoming very self-aware of how this stuff works and how it can impact someone's life. Um, but yeah, motion creates emotion. So as soon as you start doing something, it's better to uh, start than to, you know, be an analysis paralysis and never get anything done. And I, then building off of that, you start, you start to accomplish things that will then give you motivation to carry forward. You touched on self-awareness. I tell people the number two most important thing about being a business owner outside of having just hard work ethic is being self-aware because you got to keep yourself accountable. Yeah. John has a question that yeah. he wants me to ask you. Um, how did you get into real estate? How did I get into real estate? Or how did you decide on real estate? Like, what was what, what made Jordan want to become uh, a real – I'm going to say realtor, but you're a business owner in real yeah. estate. No, I, I mean, at the time, my answer back five years ago was probably different than it is today. Uh, truly, I got in this industry thinking it was million-dollar listing New York. Yeah. <laughs> or L.A. or whatever the, the other ones are. But um, I saw real estate as an avenue to be my own boss. I always knew I was an entrepreneurial spirit. I always knew my, you know, my dad's always been in sales, like kind of was brought up based on hard work, discipline and knowing that I'm always going to bet on myself. Um, so being in a position to not have a ceiling, to basically not have anyone to technically report to outside of my accountability partners, um, I see free reign out there to go build a world so big um, that I can now bring other people into my world that's big enough for them to go out and accomplish all their, their goals and dreams too. Um, and I saw it as a great way to, uh, you know, build a huge database. Yeah. Um, and I think your database will carry with you no matter what you're doing. Um, so that's really been my huge focus um, in real estate is every single person. And Ryan Serhant actually talks about this. Ryan Serhant from Million Dollar Listing New York, New York is yeah. 
where, where else or what other profession or job or career can any single person walking up and down the street be a potential client? There's very few out there very few. where every single person in this world can be a potential client. It's true. So if you think about it like that and you have that mindset of abundance, that is really exciting to me. And that makes me um, or that kind of validated why I got into this industry to begin with. And you know what else I think is important? And pe- someone asked me this question recently. They said, what do you what you teach realtors all the time? What do you feel like you can't teach somebody? And I'm like, ooh, that's a good question. What can't I teach somebody? Mm. I thought about it for a second. And I said, to be honest, I can make somebody comfortable about a topic, but I can't teach them personality. And I said, I some people are just, they have the ability, and you'll get better at it. I was shy. I couldn't sit here and talk in front of a group of people the way I do now ages ago. But your ability to connect with people, your ability to have that that ability to connect one-on-one with somebody and have that personality, I don't think it can be taught. I think you can better it. I think, but if you don't have it, you don't have it. And what you're exceptional at is being able to connect with people. And I, I, I've never read that from Ryan, but it's, it's so important to be able to connect with everybody and your network is your net worth is such an important, you know, business quote. You have to grow your network. Mm -hmm. Otherwise your net worth doesn't grow. Um, and I love that you touched on that because I think, um, especially for you, I mean, you can connect with anybody. You can talk to anybody. Um, and I like that. I'm going to walk around town and be like, that could be a client. That could be a client. Yeah. That could be a client. Well, I tell people, I, I, cause I, you know, with in a perfect segue into YPN and my other young professional involvements is I, I, I have the opportunity to talk to a lot of new agents or let's call it maybe, um, less inexperienced agents yep. that are wanting to grow. And I, I tell them that same thing with Ryan Serhan. like, how do I get started? What do I do? And moving for me, when I moved to Chicago to get into real estate, I was 22 years old, fresh out of college. Didn't, I knew five buddies here that I graduated with. So not potential clients, right. maybe down the road. I didn't know real estate or the city. So the one thing I knew I could control was the amount of people that I met and that I formed deep meaningful relationships with. Uh, so what I tell everyone is get out there and meet as many people as possible. And what you're going to find out is every single person that you meet, you can, you have something you can learn from that person, or you never know when that door is going to open or who you may meet that may open a door for you. So bank on anything other than your database. I think you're moving in the wrong direction. I love it. I, um, and your proof to all the realtors in my office and then all the other realtors listening that, don't you dare make the excuse that I wasn't born in Chicago like you were. And I, listen, I give them all that credit. I do have a natural database of people here, so it's easier for yep. me. There's, I'm never going to you know, lie and say, oh, it should be just as easy for you. It's not. I have a head start. But guys like you, my business partner, Jeff, who came from a t- small town in Iowa that literally has a blinking light. They don't even have a street light. Um, you know, came here, became a top producing agent. Um, because you guys went out and you put the effort forth to meet people and do the heavy lifting that it takes to build that database. And a lot of people just don't do that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's absolutely critical. And then taking it a step further is, and then it's showing up and being a leader in that database and in your community of people. And by giving back to your local community and just to your community or your audience in a leadership fashion, um, will help you know kind of attract the right people into your life and the people that it doesn't attract those are the people uh, you, you probably don't want to be working with anyways right yeah. so i'm a big believer of you know law of vibration and energy and uh, what you put out you get back yep 
So yeah, you don't you don't like me. You're probably not going to work with me anyway. So right. it. who cares? Why focus on people that you should not be spending your time on and yeah. and work with the people that are naturally attracted to you as well. Um, YPN. Let's touch on yeah. that because um, I love the fact that you are now the vice chair. <clears throat> when you got involved, I think I was just the incoming vice chair then. And then became the chair, and then you were on last year, and now you're the vice chair, and next year you're going to be the chairperson, the president. Um, Can't wait to watch you do your vice chair duties and your president duties because the YPN's in really good hands with you and Grace. Grace obviously being the chair. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about the YPN for car because I know you're in a different YPN, so i got to differentiate. But the car YPN um, is in such good hands with you and Grace. I think uh, this year is going to be cool to watch. I'm bummed. I, I, I was on it for a long time. So I needed to free up some time, so I'm not on it. I will be at all the events. Um, I'll be sponsoring stuff throughout the year. But uh, what do you guys got planned? I'm excited to see what you guys are doing. Yeah, man. No, and it's super exciting. And, you know, we're just super fortunate to have leaders like yourself that have kind of forged the path before us. Um, so many other people out there, Tommy Choi, who, who tuned in. Uh, got to give a lot of credit to people like you guys. So thank you for that. Uh, but Grace also is just an amazing person. Rockstar. So um, I'm super honored to kind of be her right-hand man this year uh, to kind of form something super special and uh, kind of change the, change the industry a little bit. I think we're in a, a time where things are changing and uh, there's a lot of opportunity for innovation. Uh, so with that being said, uh, we got some really cool events coming this year. Um, our monthly breakfasts are going to be normal. Um, so we're going to have those, I think, starting in February or March. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong on that. But our next event is actually in January. So it's January 22nd. Uh, it's going to be a really cool event. We're calling it the YPN real estate Boot Camp. Uh, so basically it's going to be an all day thing. I think it's eight to five, nine to five. Uh, we're bringing in some very well-known respected and, you know, successful, um, real estate agents and industry professionals from across the, the city. And we're going to be talking about how to run your real estate business as a business versus being a real estate agent, Smart. which is Absolutely crucial, in my opinion, to um, the health and uh, sustainability of us as real estate agents. Um, as technology is starting to become more of a play, we all need to be looking at our business as a business. Yep. So this event, January 22nd, at, I think it's at CAR. Yeah, it is at CAR, um, at the Realtor Building. It's going to be four or five different breakout sessions, I think hour, hour and a half each, that d- dive deep into the overall structure of running a business. So tax, um, it talks about... Um, how to plan your business, how to set the goals, how to look at your, your finances. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a lot of different things. I don't have the topics on hand. It's about building your community. I know we have Nick Leibert coming in for that one. We're going to have Josh Weinberg as one of our leaders, uh, Janine McShay. I know I'm missing three or four people, but real packed kind of list of your lineup of people that are just going to provide a ton of good knowledge to um, people that want to come and learn this stuff. Awesome. Um, and then our second one is the kickoff mixer. You got to be there January 31st. I'll buy a bunch of tequila, guys. Yeah, this is always a huge event. Um, this is always a really fun one. I'm not on the board now. I can buy all the tequila I want. <laughs> yeah, we'll get some Don Julio there for you to make sure. Um, but yeah, that'll be an awesome event. I don't know if I'm allowed to announce that one yet. Okay. Um, but yeah, January 31st, location to be determined. Come on out, learn more about the YPN, and help time. us kick off the new year. Always a good time. Always nice to get a bunch of realtors together um, to collaborate. I always work best when I um, know the person on the other side. So be social with your fellow realtors. I love the um, 
this is new this year, what you guys are doing on 22nd. Yeah. I love it. I coach and train relentlessly. You're not a salesperson. You're a business owner. I have a 30-page business booklet that looks in your past year's business, how to plan it, your strengths, yeah. your weaknesses, how to reinvest in your business, um, and all that stuff that all my realtors get. And it's, it, I've, I attribute the success we've had in the last three, four years. We're a very new company, and every year we're, we're getting bigger, and the agents are doing better. And these are all agents that started with almost no production mm -hmm. um, to literally the fact that these guys have implanted, and guys and gals have implanted in their minds, you're not a salesperson, you're a business owner. Yeah. What your brokerage should be to a real estate broker is a consultant to help you with the business owner grow your business because that's that's what it should be. Um, so I love that you guys are doing that. That I think is one of the coolest things the YPN can do going forward because there is um, there's a lack of it. I know you look at it that way. I know you know the Tommies and the um, Joes and everybody at Keller. Those guys are obviously very good at doing this, but they're the minority. You know, they're uh, exceptional at what they do. You're exceptional at what you do. Um, and that's why you guys are successful. But the industry is not teaching that. And that's why unfortunately. I see, I see that as a huge opportunity. And I almost feel um, that is my responsibility um, coming into uh, YPN as the vice chair is to shed some light on some of the things that I've been learning that have truly changed my business and my life ever since I joined Keller Williams. Yeah. I get to rub shoulders with the Tommies, the Joshes, the Joes. All those people. Big boys. And I've just learned so much about how to run a business. And like I said, I think as we're entering a shifting market and a shifting industry at large, uh, the better, um, the more skills that we have and the better business owners that we are, we're the ones that are going to you know, live through any cycles because things are going to repeat themselves. Every business goes up. It goes, yeah. every, every market that goes up, goes down and goes back up. 100%. It, it's the test of time. It's always going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, we're just bulletproof in our business and that is, you're going to see that as a common theme, I think moving into this year with YPN is we're restructuring some things to make sure that we get that message across that we're not real estate agents, we're real estate business owners and entrepreneurs. Yep. I love it. And I think if the young people, I want to say relatively young, anybody can go to YPN events, even old guys like John can show up. Everyone's but, invited. <laughs> you thought you thought 2019 would start and I wasn't going to hassle you. <laughs> um, but anybody can go to these events. Um, but I think if the younger, and not even younger, the younger in their career realtors begin to understand that they have to start creating their careers as businesses, yeah, as a, as a collaborative industry, we can battle 100%. you know, the technology that's really trying to swallow up our profession. It's a ripple effect. I, yeah. I, truly, I truly believe in the ripple effect. And if I would have known what I know today, you could say this, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd be in a completely different place i mean the last year and a half i've taken in so many new things just i credit this to, to my company yeah. and i think now i feel that responsibility and that obligation to take what i've learned and share that with as many people as i can perfect well and you get let me touch on your other ypn duties because yeah. i want to do i want to i want to touch on that before we go because we are past the hour but um you're doing a totally different ypn too right yeah, so the one we were just talking about is the Chicago Association of Realtors Young Professional Network. Uh, the other one that I am the president of and co-founder. Look at that. He's a president and a vice president. <laughs> I don't think you can even be that in this world. Yeah, I got my hands in a few different things. But uh, all things I'm super passionate about, and essentially what that one is, is it's the Keller Williams Young Professional oh, Chicago chapter. 
Okay. Um, and it, it emulates a lot of what we're talking about with uh, really the three keys um, of KWYP, which is what we call it, is collabor collaboration, education, and camaraderie. So by combining education and collaboration, it naturally will create a sense of community and, uh, and camaraderie amongst ourselves so that I love this quote and I use it all the time, but a, a high tide rises all ships. So the better that we can prepare people and kind of, um, you know, force that into people's minds is, you know, the, the more that that will ripple throughout everyone else. So that's super cool. That's, that's more of a local Keller Williams thing. For you. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's all really cool I, stuff. Um, shout out to Tommy too. And we, we've shouted out to him a couple times. I, and I say this a lot to him. President. And then he, you know, he, um, he's a um, very humble guy, but I, I've told him this for, for a very long time. Uh -oh. I got to stop you real quick. What? Don't say humble. Tommy hates the word humble. Oh, what's, what, what should I call him? I don't know. Just good dude. All right. Hey, <laughs> He's going to call you out. Hey, good dude. He hates the word humble. Well, so you're going to hate it. I just used it. Look up the word humble in the dictionary and decide for yourself if that's what you want people to think of you as. Interesting. I'll I don't know like what the that. definition of it is. Just, but he doesn't ever – he's not – there's some showboats in um, Chicago real estate. Let me rephrase it. And there's some people that have a hint of arrogance to the way they do things. And um, that's okay. There, there's, you can be that way sometimes. But Tommy has always um, held himself to such a high standard. And he, he coaches and he trains in a way – that doesn't make him doesn't make you feel like he's he's making himself out to be better than you. He always relates it really easily to everybody. He um, is a guy I've always looked up to, and I've said this to him. I said if if I had to pick a dude in Chicago real estate that I look up to, and I look up to a lot of them, but if I had to pick the one, you know, I look up to Matt Laracy a lot for what he does with his team and how he's, uh, you know, his exponential growth. I love watching his his work ethic, his, his marketing. I, I love it. Um, from a kind of leadership, um, you know, coaching and training aspect, which is what I do day to day a lot. I look up to Tommy so much. So, um, shout out to Tommy. I mean, he's just a, um, grow through gratitude, right? That's yeah. his slogan for his campaign or for his presidential years, grow through gratitude. And that is somebody that's walking the talk. Yeah, he really does. Yeah. He's no bullshit. Everything that he's coaching and training you, he's doing. Yep. Uh, he's also got the best socks game. In Chicago real estate. I've learned so much from that guy how to dress, how to be grateful. Yeah. I, uh, I would not be involved in YPN or KWYP or giving back to my community at the levels that I am today if it weren't for him. So yeah. he knows this, but I'm super appreciative. There's for him. probably a lot of people in Chicago real estate whose careers have been impacted in a very meaningful way thanks to him. Mine has. I, I look up to him. I listen. I read everything he puts out. Every time there's a video where Tommy is spinning knowledge, I'm, yep. I'm listening. Yep. So do you think uh, you think we might be able to get Tommy to come in and sit down? I, I bet you Tommy would for sure. The whole humble thing, why he doesn't like it. And, oh, I'm sure. And, and I'm then, sure and he would then, love to. You know, learn a lot. Learn yeah, a lot no, I, I mean, well. I'm Tommy Troy. We're gonna reach out to you. Tommy, you're I, next, buddy. You're you know, in. I'd love you're to have in. him. You're on. coming into the wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, no, he, he just, drops dimes every time I listen to that guy talk. I, I mean, he he would like to say it melting. He likes to melt faces. Yeah. Every time I leave a conversation with that guy, my face is melted off. Yep. Wow. Yeah, he's uh, he he's the perfect person to lead our industry, especially going into a time like this. 100%. I uh, shout out to Tommy Choi. So you got all, and and Joe and everybody else there. That's know, just one got, person, yeah. you know. It, it takes a team to do Mr. all this. Mr. Weinberg stuff. is a rock star. I love working with him too. 
There's so many people. I mean, I could go Keller Williams. I could go outside of the industry. You, John, you know, I've learned from something from everybody. Yep. And I think having that to kind of wrap this up, uh, to have that learning based mindset and to always uh, aspire for more, to go after it every day, to be 1% better, to learn that one more thing from that one more person. I think as long as you have that mentality moving forward, everything is going to be okay. So our good, our good old buddy who was on the show, Evan Chayo, he says, be 1% better every day. Yeah. And every time I would work out with him or train with him, uh, that was kind of the thing he beat in my head. You don't have to be 100% better today. You got to be 1% better every single day. Small wins. Small wins. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. I mean, I, I can't wait to air this whole thing. I'm gonna, we're going to repost it and air it. And then um, for those of you who watch this after it airs, put your questions for for this guy or for me or for John in the comment section. Cause I know we went through a ton of good information about goal setting, motivation, breaking your goals down. And I'm sure you would answer the questions and of course. You're, you're the type of guy who uh, loves mentoring people. So I'm happy to do it too. Definitely ask your questions in the comment section. And if you have any questions, give us a shout because, uh, that was the perfect episode to kick off the year. It was one of those things where I'm, you motivated me. I'm sure people listening are motivated by it um, because most of the people listening definitely don't have your work ethic um, and they could learn a thing or two from, from your work ethic. I appreciate that. And thanks, John, and you for having me on again. You know, I think, uh, like I said, nothing is ever perfect. Um, so this time of year, it's easy to be super motivated. Yep. But, uh, you know, it's every single day putting in the work and, uh, I think you'll realize over time that those big goals are very, very attainable. Build those habits. 100%. Yep. Um, who do we, we're going to shout out who we have next week, John, before we go? No, you know, we have, we have a, a couple things up in the air. So I don't want to announce anything and have it not be 100%. Top but secret. But we have, I mean, the show that we just started out with, with Jordan, unbelievable. I, normally we ask uh, straight up, we'll say a piece of advice you would give to aspiring entrepreneurs. But you drop like 8, 10, 12 different subject bullet points and then explain them. We didn't, we didn't have to ask. You were, I mean, you were killing it. I appreciate so, that. Um, as far as the upcoming schedule, I, I'm so happy with what we just did. And we've got quality coming through the door. Yeah. Just like Jordan, different subjects. But, man, I can't wait for 2019. I got uh, my buddy Brad Anastasia coming on in two weeks. Brad wrote a book about happiness. I can't wait to talk to him. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. you're going to appreciate that one, Jordan. He, uh, he traveled. He was a very successful guy that ended up um, semi-retiring himself and then traveling to South America and living very be uh, below his means, came back. He's working now. He's made a lot of investments and he's got he wrote a book on happiness and it's, it's, you can download the audio book. You can, you can get the book. It's, uh, having him on to just talk about how to maintain happiness is going to be a it's really hard. cool show. Um, so I'm excited for that. Yeah. We got a lot yeah. of good stuff in the world. We do. We have some, and I agree. I mean, Jordan, I, I'm going to say this again. I envision in the next couple of years, you're going to be coaching and training a mega team in Chicago and you guys are going to be killing it because um, you're the type of guy where you're going to be able to get two, three agents, four agents under you, five agents under you. And the same way Tommy or Matt Laracy were able to motivate and inspire the people. One of the, one of the reasons mega teams are so good at what they do is because the Tommies um, and the Weinbergs and the um, Matt Laracy's, they're inspirational people to the people that they're leading and you have those qualities. So I, I think before we know it, you're they're They're going to have a hard time ho holding you behind them. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. You know, you know, I'm going after it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think you're going to get there. I mean, I do this, I coach and train so much and, and I'm not only saying this cause you're on the show. 
um, and I would have said this three years ago, um, I know people who are going to be very successful, and I don't want to say this in a bad way towards anybody I work with. Um, I think anybody in any of the offices can be the most successful guy or gal in Chicago real estate. But it's, and I tell everybody this, real estate is simple, but it's not easy. Nothing in real estate is rocket science, but the work ethic it takes to improve yourself, to learn as much as you've learned, not just about real estate. Once you do a couple showings, you know how to do that, but to learn about um, psychology, life, business, and then be able to translate that to the people working with you is a really difficult skill set to learn. And once you have it, very few people have that. Mm -hmm. And you have that um, at a very high level. So I'm excited to watch you start dicing it out with those guys at the top. No, nah, man, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun Excited. journey. It's going to be a lot of learning lessons. So I'm ready, man. I'm ready to take it on. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for all the knowledge. Like John said, you spat tons of knowledge. It felt Honestly, like I had goodness, yeah. Tommy Choi Jr. in here. <laughs> you can tell they rub off a little TC bit. TC Jr. <laughs> in here. But um, thanks for coming on, dude. Can't wait to um, maybe do some triathlons with you. Let's do it. Maybe get eaten by some sharks. Maybe get eaten by some sharks. I'm not going to announce it outright, but maybe do a little bit of sparring because Ryan Cotter would have killed me if I didn't say maybe he's going to do the real estate rumble. We'll see if I make a a return to the ring this year. But no, honestly, I'm just super grateful for you guys. Uh, You've both been huge um, integral people in my life uh, over the past five years. So to have the honor to come on the Wheelhouse Show today was, was a true pleasure. Appreciate having you, buddy. And uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you at the YPN stuff this this month. Sounds good. Everyone make it a great year. Yeah. Talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Thanks. See you guys next Wednesday at 3 o'clock. Thank you for listening to us. That was a kick-butt show. That was a kick-butt show in three, two.